Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Today we have a crazy entitled parent story all involving dogs. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, asked me to get out of the wheelchair spot on the bus for her stroller? I'm a wheelchair user and was taking the bus like I always do. There's specific spots at the front of the bus that are for disabled people and the elderly to use. I was sitting in my wheelchair strapped into the bus and a woman with a twin stroller got on and asked me if I would get off so she could put her stroller where I was parked. I told her that I would absolutely not. This spot was for disabled people, not her stroller, and she can take the next bus if she really needs to. She tells me she has an appointment to get to, so I tell her right back that she can fold her stroller up and go further into the bus if she really needs to take this one, but I'm not moving. She gestured at my cross legs and she had the nerve to ask me to fold up my wheelchair and walk it to the further back. I am able to walk, just not much. I literally just started laughing and she accused me of faking my disability. She refused to move out of the front of the bus area where the driver can't have people and was promptly kicked off the bus. Good luck getting to that appointment, lady. Like I get it, it's convenient when there isn't somebody in that spot and they can put their stroller there. But the gamble you take on public transit is there's not always even going to be a seat available. I mean depending on the mode of transport, there's a lot of places where you're just holding onto a rail. I don't really know what she truly expected to have happen here. It's not like anybody's gonna rally around her and be like, Yeah, stand up, person in the wheelchair. Take that wheelchair somewhere else. Also, hi, I'm Steven. And if you guys enjoy crazy stories of entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Entitled Parent Creates School for Her Own Kids. I recently graduated from high school. For my final two years of schooling, I attended this new funny cottage school that recently opened up in my town. My family couldn't afford my previous school's fees, so I transferred to the new school. We'll call it Silver Spoon School. The school was run by a family that recently moved down from out of town and had enrolled their own kids into their new school. The school was, and still is as of the time of me posting this, illegal, blah blah blah, legal stuff and registrations, whatever. Myself and six other students were in grade 11 when all this entitlement started to show. Now, there were only two girls in my grade, me and the principals who we'll call Redacted, daughter, who we'll call S. S and I became good friends, and I even introduced her to my friends from my previous school. She was a year younger than me and unsocialized slash a little immature for her age. The first school year was amazing because it was relaxed, no uniforms, like five kids a grade, so chill for a little anxious kid like myself. I mean, we were barely a high school. Then out of the blue, Redacted decided to create a little hierarchy system. Prefects, head boy and head girl. A super common system where I live, but not for small cottage schools like Silver Spoon School. Redacted cemented that the votes would be casted via a Google form, and the winner was based on popularity. For context, I've lived in this town for my whole life and knew everyone in my little school, and I found myself the most popular amongst the younger grades. To be fair, I used to vape with them in the bathrooms and stuff, so I assumed I would win the popular vote, 
especially since S had just moved down and barely spoke a word to the kids outside our grade. After the voting, I was told that all the students voted me into head girl, so I was chilling with the notion that I was going to be head girl, not that it was something I was dying to achieve. Well, cut to like a month later, and we're doing this little ceremony, and the head girl was S, the principal's daughter. It was so weird considering Redacted said it was a popularity vote. Line number one, ceremony was a bust, and so many students came up to me confessing that nobody voted for S, only her own mother and her younger brother. Strange, but S and I continued to be friends up until the start of this year, grade 12. For more context, we were the first grade 11 class and grade 12 class at Silver Spoon School, so this is our second year of being the oldest grade. I'll save more of the lies and illegalities of my grade 12 year, but it was horrible. Throughout grade 12, S was allowed to go back and fix mistakes on her tests to increase her marks if her mom, redacted, thought they were too low. Highly immoral since grade 12 curriculums are super strict about that stuff. Redacted was also our English teacher, so S always got insight on tests and internal exams as well as free support lessons from staff because her mother was the principal. She even had her marks altered so she would always be the top of the class. And I know this because I've seen her marks. She's not very clever. She literally failed two subjects. The top of the grade was me. I had the highest marks, which isn't saying much because we were a class of seven. Anyway, I just don't see how two failed subjects, I think it passes like 40%, can get you to the top in the grade. I'm salty, I know. You see, S wants to be a vet, and her mom will do anything to make her university presentable on paper. Luckily, all of our final exams are external, so what really matters at the end of the year won't be tampered with. Spoilers, we saw one of our final exams, LO, that we wrote in September. I got an 80% highest mark, and she got like a 47? If you're familiar with SA final exams, then you know that you finish LO in the third term. So that's why it's the only exam final mark we've seen thus far. That is where the entitlement ends though because S is redoing her grade 12 online under a different syllabus. Good luck with being a vet. Let's see how far mommy's manipulation can take you in the real world. Like her high school experience was handed to her on a silver spoon. Now that's entitlement. I'm almost curious though how on board this girl was with this kind of entitlement treatment. I mean, it's one thing if the mom is just doing all that they can and this kid is raised to be subservient, never question their mom, the kind of parent that says, not only will I feed you with the silver spoon, you're going to take it and you're going to like it. Because to me, if OP was friends with them outside of that manipulation, it seems like they must have been a nice person. Our next story is, ever had a parent that treats you like a maid? As much as I appreciate my father working for our family, my mom works in the same field as him as a nurse. He always expects us to clean up for him. I remember he made my sister clean up his toenail clippings when he was capable of sweeping it himself. Before work, my sister and I always have to set up the table for him and heat his food. Literally just an hour ago, he refused to eat the food I heated because he was going to be late, but then proceeded to get on the PS5. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. I for 20 minutes before leaving. Just freaking hate it. He'll ask for a glass of water when he's at the table. To make it even worse, it seems impossible to have an emotional connection with him. I feel anxious most of the time because of this. He always throws tantrums out of nowhere. I freaking hate it. All while growing up, I've definitely had similar experiences. What always irked me the most is when I would be given responsibility of like an area of the house. Like, oh, keep the kitchen clean. So I would later on go in there and see that somebody made themselves a sandwich and like the wrapper for the cheese is still sitting on the counter. The top slice of the bread that nobody wants to eat is also just sitting on the counter and there's like mustard accidentally spilt. It always irritated me to no end that if I left that there, it somehow becomes my fault for it still being a mess. Our next story is, Entitled Kid Stands on the Counter, then goes behind it to pick prizes. Found this sub on YouTube and I've enjoyed listening to the stories when I'm bored. It made me remember a story that I had, even though it's pretty mild compared to some of the other stories on here. But hey, maybe someone will laugh. Our cast is me, friend, park employee, entitled kid and entitled mom. So this happened a few months ago, around the end of summer. As a gift, friend took me to an amusement park. We did the typical park things like go on puke-inducing rides and spending a fortune on funnel cake. At some point though, friend had to use the restroom. I told friend that I'd stay where I was because I wanted to try and win him a prize from one of the games as a sort of thank you for taking me to this place. So friend goes off to find a restroom and I get in line for a game that's pretty cheap compared to the other games at least. It was essentially a gigantified let's go fishing type thing. 
except there were small stickers inside the mouths of the fish that dictated the size of the prize you won. Right behind the counter was a large bin of small plushies. Bigger plushies are on the walls. In front of me is Entitled Mother and Entitled Kid. If I had to guess, Entitled Kid had to have been maybe 5 or 6. This kid was obviously really small, but God forbid Entitled Mother just help Entitled Kid guide the fake fishing rod so the fish would bite it. No, Entitled Kid just had to stand on the counter so she could get a fair chance at winning. I can see why some people would think it's normal, but here's one thing I haven't mentioned yet. It was currently sprinkling and it had been for the past half hour, meaning that Entitled Kid's shoes were covered with mud. Not only that, but Entitled Kid was constantly moving and walking side to side on the counter because she wanted this one specific fish. The counter was now decorated with small child shoe prints. Entitled Mother didn't even try to clean it up, just left it there for Park employee to clean. Don't worry, it gets better folks, or maybe worse. Entitled Kid finally catches the fish she's been trying to get. Inside the mouth was a red sticker, which meant you won the smallest prize of a roughly 4 inch long plush. I know this because I won red on my turn as well. Park employee tells Entitled Kid that she's won a small plushie and can pick one that they can see. Key words. Entitled Kid says, I don't like any of those, I want a different one. Entitled Mother, looking at the child, said, Do you want to go look inside the bin more? Entitled Kid nodding and stomping her feet, making more mud fly. Yeah, I want a different one. The park employee, looking absolutely baffled, said, Um, ma'am. Without missing a beat, Entitled Mother picks up Entitled Kid and puts her behind the counter so she can start digging through the bin that was like two inches taller than her. Park employee puts on the gotta smile or else I'm gonna lose my job face. The park employee starts showing Entitled Kid some of the plushies as well, presumably to get her out of there faster. I still haven't left yet because like I said earlier, it's cheaper. I'm also pretty nosy and wanted to see where this goes. After a few minutes of this cycle, Entitled Kid found two plushies that she really liked at the same time. Turning to park employee, she gives her best, I'm the most adorable child in the world face. Entitled Kid, puppy dog eyes and stuck out lip, can I please have both? Park employee says, um, sorry kid, rules are rules. Unless you play again, you can't have both, just one. The Entitled Mother sighs and says, I don't have any more park currency that you can buy. Entitled Kid, you can only have one. Oh. My. God. As soon as Entitled Mother said those words, the fit that Entitled Kid threw would make you think she had fire ants crawling in her hair. She was screaming, crying, stomping, throwing the plushies and throwing herself onto the ground. The worst part though was when Entitled Mother picked up Entitled Kid. Entitled Mother was basically pulling her by the legs while Entitled Kid was determined to keep her fingers gripped onto the counter. Her knuckles were literally turning white. Entitled Mother eventually pulled her off, picked a random plushie and took her away. I actually heard Entitled Mother trying to bribe Entitled Kid with park treats like deep fried Oreos and cotton candy if she would stop crying because at this point a whole bunch of eyes were watching them. I finally got up to the counter where park employee was cleaning the mud off his counter looking like he wanted nothing more than to lay on the ground and use the big plushie on the wall as a pillow. Me, kind of speechless, said, that was something. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, man. The park employee getting angry, not at me, but the situation. I don't understand why people think they can do that. Like, you're not allowed to come behind the counter. 
Me nodding said, yeah, people are jerks. The employee said, I'm never having kids. I said, same. Also, don't worry. I won't jump the counter for my prize. We laugh, I play a few times more and win a few small plushies. Friend finally comes back and I give him my prize, then tell him what happened. He found it quite amusing. We were a bit damp afterwards, but we had a great time. Honestly, bless OP for just being there, having that small talk with the park employee to kind of cheer them up. I mean, when you deal with ungrateful people like that and there's mud all over the counter and you're just trying to decompress while still doing a public-facing job with a bunch of strangers around, I think it's nice to even just have a small chuckle with somebody. And plus, OP just kind of let them vent a little bit to them in general anyways. Our next story is, mom won't get a job. I've been living with my mom these past couple years. At first, it wasn't too awfully bad because my grandparents covered the bills. Family owned land and house, so no rent. But a few months ago, they moved to a retirement community in the city. So now all the bills, water, gas, electricity, Wi-Fi slash landline, are supposed to be split between me and my stepdad. But he has a bunch of stuff he already has to pay for, so it's me paying all that and my phone bill and until January $350 payments to the college I go to. They lowered my disability amount, I have epilepsy, and I can't afford it. Last month I was $300 in the negative to pay this stuff. Thankfully my papa helped me out, but I can't tell my mom. Now, as for my mother, she flat out refuses to get any kind of job. Any mention of her getting a job and she blows her top with excuses about needing to be available for appointments or what if I have a seizure, not as common as they used to be. Or she pulls the whole, I'm the parent here, not you card. It's driving me insane. I've spoken to other family members and friends and I'm going to apply for public housing assistance and hopefully be able to move out within the next year or so. Sometimes how like a mama bird sometimes has to knock their kids out of the nest for them to fly. Sometimes the baby bird has to stop flying back to the nest so the mama bird can understand that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. They need to start flying again too. 100%. As soon as OP moves out, they're going to be forced to have to do something. I mean, once OP's at that go point where they know that they are moving out, I would honestly try to give them a deadline just to like give them a chance of maybe finding some kind of cushion before OP is gone. But OP is definitely on the right path. Our next story is Entitled Parent Shames Woman for Choosing a Career Over a Husband and Kids, Then Shames Woman for Taking Time Off Work to Raise Her Kids. There's this woman that we work with who is kind of a pick-me. She and I work, I left to become a teacher, in the store my parents own. She had a boyfriend in high school and had her kids at 18 and 21, while I was single until I was 21 and was more focused on academics and career. She judged me for focusing on my career instead of having a husband and kids. However, she judged my mom for being a stay-at-home mom and not working throughout her pregnancy like she did. She basically implied that my mom was lazy even though she worked hard for the first six years of her marriage. 
and saved every penny so that she had enough saved up to be a stay-at-home mom when she decided she was ready for a baby. I feel like this just becomes the kind of person that you sort of just smile and nod at. You hope that they just kind of talk themselves out and you can go on with whatever it is else you were doing. I mean, they're just an unrealistic person who expects you to somehow have a full-time job and also be a full-time stay-at-home mom, do everything superhero. Our next story is, Entitled Mother is Suing Me for Sole Custody of My Child Update. On last Tuesday, I got those supposed papers that were me getting served. They weren't even real custody papers. I called around, I called the courts, looked online and used every resource available to get to the bottom of this. A suit for custody was never even filed. She put fake papers in my mailbox to scare me. Also, it wasn't postage, red flag. It was just a plain envelope with my name on it. A suit for custody was never even filed. I'm still no contact. Now, it may or may not be, but is there a law against doing something like this? Giving somebody a fake summons or something? I don't know if that crosses any real lines, but that's definitely crazy, and I don't really know what they expect to happen from this. Is OP going to go, oh no, please, pull it back, I'll I'll give you custody, please. If you or your partner that you're with are crazy and making it a scenario where OP doesn't want them or their kids involved with you, I don't think they're going to be able to just sue for custody of a grandchild like that, or if they do, they're going to waste money. If you have the nerve to threaten that, at least have the confidence to put your money where your mouth is. I doubt any of these little scare tactics when it comes to people and their kids are ever going to work. Our next story is, my mother is controlling my life and I'm deeply afraid of her. I want to escape so bad. I'm 18 years old and I've always felt like I was in a prison that I'm too scared to get out of. I can't go outside without permission. I can't make use of social media, and I have to hide everything from her. I'm not allowed to do chores, I'm not allowed to cook, I'm not allowed to fix my own clothes. Things that should be private, I'm not allowed to do on my own. This year, I learned how to mop for the first time in my life because I was allowed to have a job after two years of begging, but that was only because it was a job she was okay with. I've never been allowed to do things other kids were able to do. Sleepovers were forbidden. I had to beg and try to guilt trip her into letting me go to my own friend's birthday parties as a child. Last year was the first year I've ever been able to stay home alone because of a new job she has. Even then, I still have to go with her to her other job. I have a friend who offered me to live with her. I want to live with her. She's in California, but I'm okay with that. However, the fear is so strong against my mother, I don't think I can do it. I don't know if there's any help I can give to myself. My life is a living nightmare. I just want to have freedom, but the fear is so extreme. It feels like an unobtainable dream. Why did I have to be born into this heck hole of a family? So, I think if that friend's offer is genuine and reliable, I think it's a worthwhile attempt to take it and gamble and go for it. Because while things might be in your mind safe enough, like you have a home here, You're never going to be happy living under this person, at least you have a chance trying to do things with purpose and confidence and move out there and try to actually be the adult with the independent life that you need. I think the important thing definitely is to carefully plan this out, make sure whatever documents you can get you have that in order, if you're bringing any devices with you try and make sure that there's no way for her to spy on you, being able to have your own bank account and debit card would be huge. I would 100% say do it, but do it carefully. Our next story is, nephew shoots his cat with Nerf bullets. 
I don't want to vent all the time to friends or family, so it's probably better to do it in a place that was created for venting. I was at Thanksgiving with my family, and my mom found my nephew's Nerf gun. I'm on the couch watching a movie next to her and her boyfriend on my left. My cousin is next to me on my right. My mom fires the gun, and it shoots so hard that it leaves a mark on the wall, which is probably over 10 feet away. Whoa, that is a strong Nerf gun. I don't remember them being any more than flimsy little things with soft foam bullets. My cousin says, nephew's name shoots the cat's name with that. My mom and her boyfriend laugh and chuckle. I freeze in horror. He shoots the cat with that? I look at the freaking dark dent on the wall that my mom just created. My mom plays it off as no big deal, probably because she doesn't want to create tension, probably partially because she doesn't have the same level of empathy for animals as she does for people. It was very disturbing. I already know my cousin has never taken good care of her pets, but to let her two-year-old son literally pelt the cat with these hard bullets is disgusting. In general, my family members are not known for outstanding care of their pets. I mean, he is too, so my hope is that his aim is bad enough that he hasn't hit him. I don't know, I just needed to say this somewhere. It really disturbs me. And I don't want to hear anyone defending her if I were to tell someone. I also don't want to burden my friends with stories of animal abuse. 100% it's really problematic, and for a 2-year-old you should probably try to curb those behaviors. I mean, I like to feed the neighborhood cats and when they come around I'll have a little bowl of food. It's fun sometimes to take one piece of the cat kibble and toss it up in the air so that it bounces off their back or their belly or whatnot, but it's a completely different thing when you're grabbing a Nerf gun that not only doesn't fire those soft little old pellets, but is one of the ones you see people playing with that legitimately are like, light enough that you could probably still laugh at getting hit by it, but I'll tell you what, if the two-year-old got shot with that thing, they'd be crying. So for them to just sit by while it happens to the cat like that is not cool. Our next story is Woman Parks in Disabled Parking Space. Hello, I've got ADHD and autism. My mom and me parked in disabled parking. We have a badge. And we saw a family with no badge parked in disabled. And my mom talked to them about it with them and they didn't care because they had already parked. My mom said, no, that's not a reason to park in the disabled. And then she said that she had a baby and a big car, so she can't park in disabled. She also said that in a car park with 500 plus spots, there was not a single parent and child. She did not move from the spot and then walked to the other shop far away. Honestly, I do not blame anybody for calling the non-emergency line in a situation like that. Chances are, in some places, by the time you get connected with an actual officer, they might be on their way back. But hey, I'd rather do that, give them their license plate number or whatnot, have it at least on record, and maybe have a chance that this person who just doesn't care gets in trouble. Our next story is a rant about my mom and my dogs. I've had a few other posts on here about my mom and my dogs, and to no one's surprise, nothing has changed. My mom acts very weirdly toward my dogs. Sometimes she loves them, and other times she acts borderline abusive towards them. She picks favorites, and she mostly treats my one-year-old Shih Tzu slash Poodle mix like it's her baby. She even treats her better than me sometimes, and don't get me started about how she treats my other dog. To her, my other dog, an 11-year-old mutt, might as well not even exist. She gives my Shih Tzu constant praise and lets her do pretty much anything, treating her like she can do no wrong. This has led to a lot of things around the house being chewed or peed on, while she's supposed to be watching them when me and my dad are at work then says it's my fault because of one reason or another. She changes the reason every time. 
When me or my dad tries to scold the dog, my mom always gets mad at us and tells us, usually me, to stop being mean to her. I try to explain that if we don't scold the dog, then she's never going to learn, which is usually met with some weird response like, I just don't know what I'm talking about. Once, I asked my mom to scold the dog after she chewed on something just to see what she would do, and my mom first told me to do it then. When I made up an excuse of why I couldn't, she scolded the dog by putting on her baby voice and while petting her and made a joke about it all. Along with that, my mom buys my Shih Tzu treats and toys that only she can use, knowing full well that my mutt can't use them because she doesn't have teeth. When I bring it up to her, she just tells me, She always eats them when I give them to her. This makes me feel even worse because what happens if my mutt chokes because, well, she's done it before. Then when I told her not to give those types of treats to my mutt, she tries to guilt me by saying that it was unfair. I would rather her not buy them treats at all. And I've told her as much, but even after I've told her to stop, she just does it anyways and doesn't even acknowledge that I said anything. We'll be mid-conversation, and I'll ask her nicely to stop buying the dog's treats because the vet said that they were overweight, and she just stops talking and walks away like we were never talking in the first place. She does this all the time, and it's gotten to the point where I have to monitor her like a child to make sure she hasn't bought them any new treats. Because of this, she has now resorted to buying dog treats behind my back. A few days ago, my family went to a strip mall. I needed craft supplies, so I went to Michael's and my parents went to TJ Maxx. I got my stuff and met them outside where I saw my mom holding a bag, but I didn't think much about it until the next morning when I went to let the dogs outside and I noticed that she bought a bag of dog bones that were way too big for my 15-pound dog. I was ticked, so I took them and hid them in my room so she can't give them to the dogs anymore. I'm planning on sending them to one of my friends that have appropriately sized dogs but that's just actual dog food. My mom will also give them, mostly the Shih Tzu, random pieces of whatever she's eating at the time. She's given them bread, pork slash beef bones, pork rinds, pieces of waffle, fried chicken skin, small pieces of sugar donuts and French toast sticks. That's just the stuff I know about. I know she's probably given them tons more stuff I'm not aware of. She does it right in front of me too. When she thinks I'm not watching, she'll slip the dog little scraps. When I tell her to stop doing it, she starts guilting me again by looking sadly at the dogs and saying, Oh, sorry, name won't let you have any. This is where borderline animal abuse comes in. Besides me telling her that she might be poisoning my dogs, she just does it anyway, and sometimes she goes as far as to say that she wants them to die, so she won't have to take care of them anymore, even though I'm the one taking care of them. Along with that, she just lets them run away. We don't have a fence in our backyard so they can just run off real easy if you're not watching them while they're outside. It will be dead at night and we're all about to go to bed. She'll let the dogs out without telling me and then go do something else. When she comes back to the door, they're long gone. She used to call me from wherever I was that happened so I could go find them. But now she just doesn't tell me. She lets them do whatever in the middle of the night in the middle of small town Nebraska and all she can tell me is, oh, they'll come back. No matter how much I tell her that it doesn't matter if they come back, I don't want her to let them run away. She just does the not listen thing again and nothing gets learned. We have arguments over this crap. I don't know what's so hard to understand about not letting the dogs run away day or night. It doesn't matter. It's dangerous for two little dogs to be running around in a place like this. 
Sure, they have tags, but them getting lost isn't what I'm worried about. We have hawks and foxes around here and even besides the wildlife, what about freaking cars? It's like I'm talking to a brick wall sometimes and the best thing she can give me is, well, they'll come back. Sometimes if she's feeling extra benchy, she tells me that she hopes they do get lost or hopes someone else will take them so she doesn't have to deal with them anymore. She actively jokes about one or both of them dying. When she's not scoffing and turning her attention away from me, asking to just not end my dogs, she jokes about how it would be better if she did. I just don't know how to get through to her, or if I can at all, frankly. I want to yell at her sometimes, but even when I ask her nicely, I can see in her eyes sometimes that she wants to yell at me for disrespecting her. She takes every little bit of advice as disrespect, and I've had her blow up on me a few times about issues with the dogs when I've tried to explain what she did wrong and how I don't want her to do it again. She has threatened to hit me a few times before and said I'm lucky to be disabled, I have severe back problems, or else she would have just done it already. Talking to her about these dogs, about anything to be honest, is like walking on thin ice. With every word I get one step closer to falling through. And I'm the only one who seems to get that, as my dad always sides with my mom. I'm so sad for OP and these dogs. The way OP and those dogs are getting treated is not okay. Honestly, I would make her letting the dogs out a hill I would die on and continue chewing her out every time she does it. It's just not cool and it's one of those things that you worry about that at some point, something is going to happen while those dogs are off, just allowed to free roam outside. OP said that they're 17, so it's not like there's much they really can do. I mean, at the worst, I would say, like, get your dogs an air tag collar or something, so if you can't get her to stop, at least there's a chance you can probably track them. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.